Nebraska and Colorado are set to face off for the next two seasons. But should they rekindle their rivalry and make that a permanent thing? I'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I'm your host, Kevin Borba, right there. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. Um, we, we are available wherever you get your podcasts. We're free every single day. YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, this is Locked on Buffs, and we will be there. Today, we got an action-packed episode again. We're going to be talking about the Colorado-Nebraska rivalry. Um, I'm going to make the case for why it should be a permanent thing, or maybe, a, I don't know, permanent, but let's let's see it more frequently. We only have it for the next couple of years, and I think it should be played every single year. Um, Colorado landed another transfer. They're working hard on the transfer portal. No surprise there. And then Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, was named as one of the biggest storylines of college football this offseason by Sports Illustrated, so we're going to talk about that later. Um, but before we do, I, again, want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Buster first listen. Okay. Let's dive right into Colorado, Nebraska. Um, I think it is one of the more underrated rivalries in college football. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm, I had to pull it up just because, you know, got to get the, the 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 proper history behind it, if you will. So, as we all know, or as you Nebraska fans know, because I'm sure some of you guys are listening, Nebraska has the winning record right now. They're up 49 they have 49 wins. Colorado's to 20 lost. They're 49, 20, and 2. Jeez, that was so rough to say for some reason. <laughs> but Colorado has lost or won the last two, um, which they won 28 to 30 or 33 to 28, 34 to 31. Um, but prior to that, Nebraska had a three-game win streak. And so it's it's a game of streaks, it feels like. And I was scrolling through Instagram as one does. And 24-7 Sports, um, our good friends over there in Nashville, Brentwood, wherever they are, um, they made the case for – or they had a post for rivalries that should be um, played more often. And obviously, before you tell me they're going to play the next two years, I know. I, I think this should – I didn't realize – and this is probably just because I wasn't on the Colorado beat. I was – I didn't realize how intense this rivalry was between the fans. Obviously I knew it was a rivalry, um, but I didn't think it was as like, I didn't realize there was as much animosity as there is. And so I think because when I say animosity, I mean, when, when there was the Matt rule talking about coach prime scandal, if you will, um, the Nebraska fans and Colorado fans were going at it for days. There's still people going at it in my mentions still. And it's like, that was two weeks ago. Um, I think the game itself, it reminds me of a, obviously since they're not in the same state, it's not like a Colorado, Colorado state situation or a Florida, Florida state. But I think that's what they should aim for. Florida, Florida state, Clemson, South Carolina. Obviously these schools are all residing in the same states. But when a school like Nebraska who one of the blue bloods, one of the most historic programs in college football um, is a rival with you. Uh, one, always going to draw all the attention, you know, um, especially with coach prime there, that's going to be his first home game of his tenure at Colorado. So that's going to be a crazy atmosphere. But two, I think this would be a game that everybody could, would be get, would get up for. Um, I think with the, 
in modern college football, we kind of have gotten away sometimes. Some programs do it, some don't. Um, Georgia, not so much. Uh, their schedule is, I believe they're supposed to schedule to play by high school week three. Um, I don't remember. But I feel like a lot of programs have been shying away from challenging uh, challenging games. Obviously, not this is doesn't apply to everybody, but some programs are just getting by with their three cupcake games, and they're just calling it that. But I think there's something special about non-conference opponents playing each other even especially at the rivals um early in the season obviously it, it's a risky game because you could lose a if you have playoff aspirations that you could lose a game early um for example when lsu lost to florida state that was a tough tough loss for them um but they were able to bounce back that was a great game um this past season and i think this this rivalry is one that should be played every year um because looking Looking at 2024 schedule, they obviously Colorado goes. They play North Dakota. They travel to Nebraska, and then they're at Colorado State. And then, uh, then 2025, they're done. Um, they go. They play Georgia Tech at Houston, Wyoming. You know, re- replace Wyoming with a Nebraska. Uh, I think that's that'd be a fun matchup. And I think while the two fan bases are not very fa- fond of each other. I think the two programs are on the right trajectory um, with Coach Prime. Uh, I think Colorado has the chance to at least contend in the Pac-12 within the next couple of years. And then uh, Nebraska, Matt Rule is known for revamping programs. He took Baylor out of the depths of whatever um, after the Art Bryles scandal. And obviously it wasn't great the first year, but after that, Baylor was contending for the Big 12 championship. He had them as one of the better teams, excuse me, in the conference. So let's see let's see them at their pinnacle face off i would love to see that i'd love to see them continue to play um i think especially colorado fans and colorado themselves i think they want to um get that deficit a little little closer um i'm looking at it now the the longest streak wow that's pretty crazy the longest streak was nebraska they won 18 games straight against Colorado, which I'm sure this is where most of the lead was built uh, from 1968 to 1985. Good Lord. Um, and it, it, this game, obviously, is going to be at Colorado. So Nebraska's record on the road, 23-11-2. They're better at home. And I think people forget they were they were Big 12 uh, foes at one point. Nebraska was 3-1 and one against them in the Big 12 big 12 play um this game just has a lot of friskiness that i don't don't think a lot of people realize um obviously nebraska fans in colorado realize this but you guys don't i feel like sometimes we live in our own little bubbles and so i don't know if people around college football realize that i think this is a rivalry that college football needs though um this is kind of an old school uh very physical um very emotional very heated rivalry and i think they should bring it back um permanently like say it was week three pencil so i don't want the one thing I don't want, I wouldn't want, is them to play week one because that's when you, you never know. You know, you want to let the teams heat up a little bit. Week three, you know, we've played two teams, we've we've gotten we've gotten warm, we've gotten some of the kinks out, and then we're, we're ready to square off. So that's my case for it. I think you guys agree. Let me know in the comments. I know you guys will. Should Nebraska, Colorado be played every year moving forward? I think so. You, what say you? Okay, before we move on. Let me talk to you about FanDuel because this episode right here, this amazing episode brought to you by the Locked On Network, 
and me, yourself, is also brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place... There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay. Obviously, I talked about Nebraska, Colorado. Should we bring it back? I think so. I think you guys will probably be beefing out in the comments. I think it's just going to be an intense game, and I think – college football that's what makes it magical you know sometimes that's that's what attracted me to college football the the passion and the rivalries and i think no other sport um maybe soccer in europe um can match the passion the rivalries that college football has the nfl is not doing it baseball not anymore the nba no one's a rival um i think there's teams that are theoretically rivals but at the end of the day they're all friends so it doesn't really matter um transfers in let's talk about some colorado transfers um, if you guys didn't know, Colorado has the n- number one transfer class in the portal. Uh, I literally think it would take an asteroid hitting the earth and causing us to go extinct like the, the dinosaurs or something for Colorado to not have the number one transfer portal class because Coach Prime has just put together a hell of a class. And really, there's not a chance anyone could catch him. Um, but their latest addition, uh, and I hope I'm saying this right, is Tavarish Dawson um, from Auburn. Uh, obviously, we know I did yesterday's episode about it. Colorado lost Sadu Traore, the tight end, who is back in the portal, formal top 20, top 35 transfer portal guy. Um, tight ends aren't really featured in Sean Lewis's system. You guys in the comments are very adamant that he wasn't willing to block. Um, I've heard otherwise. I've heard his reasoning um, not the same um, as what you guys are saying, but obviously uh, we're all entitled to our own opinions. Um, but here's what we need to know here. Here's some positive news. Colorado has another receiver. Um, and honestly, if give me, I'll give you three seconds and like, obviously I can't hear you guys or see you guys. So it doesn't really matter if you get it right or not, but guess what state he's from. You're correct. If you said Florida. Yeah. Um, step one to being a Colorado transfer, be from Florida. Step two, be from Florida again. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Coach Prime says he wants some Florida kids. They're all very athletic. They're all elite athletes. They got that elite speed. Florida's just built different. I don't know what it is, but Florida's built different. Anyway, um, Dawson, back to Tavares Dawson. He was a former four star um, from the state of Florida. Uh, went to Auburn. Had just two catches for thirty yards, um, but he's coming. He was previously committed to Cincinnati, but flipped his commitment. Uh, he marks the 37th player that Colorado has brought in via the transfer portal. And obviously they're in the number one class. He is also teammates with Florida state transfer Marion Cooper and who just announced his transfer to Colorado yesterday. Um, so let me dive in a little bit about Dawson. Um, he's not the biggest guy. I believe he stands in at five ten. Um, not, not crazy production as well, but just needs an opportunity. You know, uh, Auburn didn't have the best passing attack last year. They had a very murky quarterback situation with Robbie Ashford. Um, some may say that he thinks he's better than he is. I'm not going to touch on that. I'm just going to say Auburn's passing game was not what, not a receiver friendly passing game, if you will. They've had a couple guys into the portal. Um, same with Landon King, the six, he's a monster. He's like six, five. Uh, he tight end slash receiver type of guy. He's really strong or, not scrawny. He's very skinny. So I, I assume he's going to be a receiver. He's also interested in Colorado, I believe. Um, 
But yeah, back to Tavares Dawson. Um, he's going to be a slot guy. I think he provides another option. This receiver room is really starting to shape up. Um, I, I don't think it's what Colorado fans were hoping at one point. I think people were more so hoping for a Jimmy Horn, Xavier Weaver, Montana, Lamonius Craig situation, but obviously he's in the portal. He might end up at Auburn, actually. Um, he's been visiting Auburn, talked about Auburn the other day. So we'll see there. Um but yeah, on the transfer front, I don't feel like there's been a lot going on. Let me let me dive into one of my little handy dandy sources just to make sure. Uh, I, obviously, they landed him. They also landed Jaquez Robinson. Um, but other than that, I feel like it's been a quiet day for the the Buffs. Um, let's see. Just because, I mean, they can't land them all. The transfer portal closed, but. If obviously once they're in it, um, obviously once they're in it, they could still, they could still get, um, they could still transfer and such. Yeah, I'm not seeing much. Um, so I feel like we'll find out later. Um, obviously if they commit, we'll we'll find that out. But um, there's another Florida State corner in the portal. Uh, maybe Colorado hits them up. Um, we'll see. You know, um, they did land a junior college offense lineman and Kareem Harden. Uh, after a second trip to Boulder, um, I could give you a little breakdown on this. Six foot four, three hundred fifteen pounds. Um, he was offered back in January. Visited the Buffs in April, and then he came back this weekend. Um, he committed um, right before his trip. It sounds like, yep. And he spoke spoke briefly with Buff Stampede, which is twenty four seven Sports's um, Colorado coverage, and said. Uh, it was a Colorado is a great place with a great atmosphere and a great coaching staff. We went and saw the mountains and everything ate at a rooftop restaurant. The coaches were basically telling me that they need me. I'm all for it. I'm ready to help coach offensive line coach. Bill O'Boyle was saying how, excuse me. He likes how versatile I could be. Um, this is Kareem Harden talking about his role with Colorado and then Harden caught the attention of O'Boyle and other college recruiters during his retro campaign at Butler uh, community college. Um, he had 18 transfer options, including Houston, Illinois, Purdue, but was a like the Buffs, you know. Um, so obviously, some much needed offensive line help, some much needed receiver help. Um, I think it, those two are my biggest concerns now. The defense line they hit extremely hard. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a dominant defense line, but they've hit it hard. They've gotten some very quality guys. Offensive line, I just want to hear positives, you know. Um, Shadur Sanders, he he's pro- not prone to being sacked. If he's got a poor offense line, he will be sacked. Um, and you guys are probably going to get on me for saying that. So let me just pull up the numbers, just because I don't think you guys, I don't think you guys believe me sometimes. And it's like I'm not making this stuff up. It's just it's just what happened. Um, he was at, at Jackson State. He was sacked his first year 35 times, second year 23 times. So obviously he is a mobile quarterback, but nobody can do anything if their offensive line can't block. And so I think we were kind of learning throughout the spring ball session that the offensive line was not where it needed to be. And that's probably why they're still continuing to transfer or target Cameron Johnson, bring in more Juco transfers like Harden. So Colorado got some, some options coming in, more weapons. You know, I'm sure by the time I finish recording, I bet you, let me, this is my favorite thing to do because there was one time I recorded an episode and by the time I was done, they had landed like two transfers and it was very upsetting. Um, so let me just get a quick scroll through the, through the tweeter um, just to see what's going on. 
Um, oh, this is interesting. Charles Brantley, who was a top corner from Michigan State, was someone that Colorado wanted, but he withdrew his name. Oh, they're trans. They're targeting Cody Epps, a wide receiver from BYU. He had 39 catches for uh, 460 yards and six touchdowns last year. Some more wide receiver help. That'd be a good get. That'd be a huge get. Um, let's see. No, that's it. Okay, so that means as soon as I'm done recording this. Um, they will land somebody just because that's how my luck works out. But yeah, Colorado, they got Tavares Dawson. They got the Juco offensive line transfer. Cody Epps may be on the way as well. So don't sleep on sleep on the buffs. Um, just they're, they're making moves in the portal. They got, I believe, oof, I need to do the app, the actual count, but they're around 23 roster spots to play with, I believe. So they got a, a ways to go. And then lastly, before we go, before we move on, excuse me, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Bust your first listen every day. Every dayers, we're going to continue to talk about the transfer saga. We're going to continue to talk about Coach Prime. I appreciate you guys. Every dayers are what I'm calling my everyday listeners. I appreciate you guys, um, regardless of how much you hate me or how much you love me. Um, I hope it's love, uh, but I see some every dayers just commenting random stuff every day. Yesterday, I got criticized for um, confusing the Omarions just because I said there's there it's a rare name and now there's so many and someone got on me for the singer Omarion I'm like sir he hasn't had a hit since 2014 that's a whole other thing love love the song supposed to be whatever supposed to be whatever but come on now let's let's not let's not get too crazy either way coach prime um headlines sports illustrated's recent article um titled Deion Sanders headlines the top 10 offseason storylines in college football um, he was number one, like literally headlines. Um, so let me read it and I'll kind of dive into it. Um, it's a few paragraphs long. His section is actually the longest. Um, no surprise there. It says with a non-traditional hire comes non-traditional methods of rebuilding a moribund program. Sanders is personifying program is wow. That doesn't even make sense. Sanders is personifying program mascot Ralphie stampeding through the status quo and riling everyone up. Since being hired in December, Sanders has done almost nothing in a conventional manner. What has been both captivated the public and irritated a segment of college football establishment. Some people seem surprised that one of the brashest and cockiest players in the history of the sport is also a brash and cocky coach. This is Sports Illustrated's, let's see who wrote this, Pat Ford's words, not mine. I'm not calling him cocky or brash. I call him polarizing, if you will. Were they expecting to, that to change now that Pro, Coach Prime has a Power 5 job? The new cowboy hat sits atop the same old ego. Sanders arrive in bolder, promising change, and boy, has he delivered. The level of excitement surrounding the new era, new era is off the charts for a laid-back boulder, where the Buffaloes nearly packed 50,000 Folsom Field in a snowstorm for the spring game and delivered a robust TV audience. But the scale and pace for player turnover altered the turnover last week, altered the narrative last week. It's been without precedent. At least 46 players have transferred out with Colorado, half of them as of Tuesday this week, and most of them were pushed out, according to The Athletic. Cutting players from the roster has been a dirty semi-secret in college football and college sports for years. At least he acknowledged it. Nobody acknowledges it. And it usually happens when a new coach arrives. Sanders has simply been more open and aggressive about it than his peers. Starting with his initial team meeting in December, he told everyone what was coming after inheriting a 111 team and here it is yeah honestly i'm glad pat ford mentioned it here because i think a lot of people get caught up in oh coach prime's cutting these kids he's making them leave every college coach does it coach prime is just very vocal about it which whether you appreciate it or not i don't care he doesn't care it's just his method um continuing on the more problematic elements of the athletic story for sanders were player anecdotes about the play about the coach's 
playing favorites with recruits he brought in and ignoring some of the holdovers from the Carl Durrell era. This, again, is part of how the real world works in college football, just more quietly in most places. But Sanders will have these anecdotes thrown in his face on the recruiting trail where every parent has the same concern. Is the coach going to care about my kid or at least convincingly fake it? If he cares about only about the star players and has no regard for the backups and role players, it will be difficult to cultivate depth and develop culture, which is the biggest buzzword in college football and college sports for a reason. In a lot of ways, the Pro Football Hall of Famer has brought an NFL way of doing business to a college campus. And while the transfer numbers and blunt approach may be jarring, this is a logical extension of what college sports has wrought with its current level of free player free agency. If the players are empowered to come and go with greater frequency, the coaches will feel empowered to push them out with fewer misgivings. Colorado and Coach Prime are testing the sports bound in that area as we speak. Yeah, they are. Um, I like I like this breakdown because realistically, obviously, Coach Prime is he's bold. Um, he hasn't been shy about it. His first uh, headline was telling the players to pack his bag. He's bringing his own. There, it's Louis. Um, and I think I, I appreciate the fact that he's saying. This is happening in college football. He's just bolder. He said it multiple times because I think, and this happens every time. Stop me if you heard me. People react when they see the media breaking down stuff. The media, aka, I guess I'm the media, but not me in this case. When people are breaking down, oh, Colorado, they're losing 20 players since Saturday. That was the plan all along. He called Coach Prime wanted people to leave so he could bring guys in. It's just I think the fan, the fans, the fans my little Southern accent there, I guess the fans of college football were stunned. I don't think they had seen someone be so vocal, but Nick Saban's telling guys to leave Uh, Steve Sarkeesian. um, He actually has a firm policy at Texas where if you enter the portal, you cannot come back. Cause obviously when you enter the portal, your scholarship, you give up your scholarship. So uh, Texas is not welcoming back programs like Georgia, Oregon, doesn't matter. Every program across the country is having guys are not telling guys to leave, but they're suggesting that it's probably in their best interest to leave because they won't play. Coach Prime has just been more vocal about it, and I'm I'm glad he brings this up. But he's also highlighting the positives of the co- of the Coach Prime hire. Coach Colorado was in the dumps, college football dumps, prior to him being here, and he's now resurrected them. Um, people have them contending for championships in, in year two. Urban Meyer said so. Joel Klatt said so. So this Colorado program is trending in right th- in the right direction. And I was asked about it yesterday on the Pac-12 radio. Um, they were like do you think this is the new transfer portal norm? And obviously I was like, this is a one-year thing for Coach Prime just because he has to get the roster to the he, – he wanted to flip the roster, and so he did it all in one year. He's not going to be bringing in 60 transfers every year. But it's going to be a risky experiment. Um, a lot of the, the – he has a mixture of pro- productive college transfers, and then he has a mixture of guys like Dawson or um, – I don't know. Let me, let, me, let me go through the transfer list. Excuse me. Huh. Let me just pull it up because he he got his, like the Auburn transfer Dawson. He only had two catches in his college career. Um, you look at guys like Jacquez Robinson, mainly a special teams guy, David Connor from Florida, Amari McNeil from Tennessee. All these guys, um, highly touted recruits, didn't play that much. Uh, Brennan Gant was kind of a in-betweener. Uh, Josh Newberg broke it down saying that he couldn't find his role between safety or linebacker. Um Obviously, there's guys like Willie Gaines, who's productive, Xavier Weaver, who's productive, Des Moines Kennedy, linebacker from Alabama, um, highly ranked recruit, highly ranked transfer, didn't play that much. Um, so it, it's a very big experiment. A lot of these guys didn't get an opportunity at their previous school to showcase themselves, and so they'll have that chance here, and they're all talented. It's just will it mix? And I, I said we'll find out. Like I can't tell you what I 
I can't even give it. People ask, someone asked me for a two deep, and I was literally like, I don't think the roster's complete yet. So, how could I do that? Um, I could give you an estimation of the two deep, but I feel like it'll change within the day. Um, but yeah, I think Colorado is trending in the right direction. They're just doing so in one of the most dramatic ways we've ever seen. And that's what the Coach Prime experience is. And that's why we're all here. Um, and that's why we appreciate the Coach Prime experience. And I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, again, this has been Locked on Bus. We're available wherever you get your podcast every single day uh, for free. Spotify, YouTube, wherever it may be. Make sure to like, subscribe, share. I would like to see that YouTube subscriber count grow. Let's get to 2,000 by the end of the month, if you will, or maybe the end of the week. Let's get to 10,000 by the start of the season. That's the goal. 10,000 by week one, um, which gives us a few months. I think we could do it. Um, I would appreciate you guys if you shared it. I love you guys all. Um, Again, this has been Locked on Buffs. I'm Kevin Borba. We will see you guys tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday.